What's going on, everyone? I hope you're all having a stellar week so far. I wanted to hop on today and talk about passing in public. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Transitioning Through Life podcast, where we connect and inspire transgender individuals to love and accept themselves unconditionally. Hey, everyone. So I want to talk about passing in public today, but I want to talk about it in a couple different, um, I guess like a couple different ways. So for starters, there's kind of like pre-T, for me, pre-T, pre-hormones, um, and the things that I did particularly, um, before I was fortunate enough to start HRT, before I got my top surgery, that I did to make sure that I would pass in public. Um, before I get too deep into this one i just want to make sure i state that like just because it worked for me obviously doesn't mean it's going to work for everyone i don't think there's really like a, a one-size solution especially when it comes to passing um but these are the things that i thought about when i would go out in public and these are the things that i i did um in order to help me feel more masculine and help me feel more in the right body and the right mindset before um i went out and like tried to face the world um as obviously the gender that i am um so before i started hormones finding the right clothes was really difficult even now i think finding clothes that fit me is still a really difficult process um, I'm one of those individuals that's like in this awkward size between I'm not really in like child sizes, but I also don't necessarily fully fit in like adult sizes. Um, and especially before hormones, um, I would have a lot of trouble finding clothes that would fit me. Um, and for me, like clothes that fit me really helped me feel like more in the right body, more in the right gender. So when I um, started to make this transition from wearing girl clothes to wearing guy clothes, um, I had a really difficult time finding the right clothes and finding clothes that were actually going to fit me and um, like fit me well too, if that makes sense. Like I always wanted shirts that were going to be maybe a little bit bigger um, because my chest was a little bit bigger. And so I wanted to make sure I had plenty of room to like hide everything um but i also didn't want something that was just going to be so baggy and so big that it looked like it like ate me or swallow me whole um and that was a really a really difficult struggle um i remember when i first uh, came out i actually took all of my female clothes and i took them to like a play-doh's closet or some other like resale place and traded them all in and went shopping for guy clothes there instead um and it was really difficult trying to find shirts that would fit me um and even now like my pants i'm in like this awkward like waist size to where if i get like a size 30 it's way too big um like way 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 too big but if i get like a 28 29 sometimes it's still like really tight um so i've had a lot of difficulties finding clothes that would fit me which has definitely caused some issues um with making sure that i pass in a manner that i feel comfortable um, for, for starters, um, like in a t-shirt range, um, I definitely try and find like size small for men's, um, and depending on the brand, sometimes it's just way too big. Um, sometimes it's like actually really, really tight and I just don't feel comfortable. I don't like clothes that are really tight fitting, um, or feel like they're going to suffocate me. Um, I, I really don't like clothes like that. Um, that was a really big struggle in the beginning. Um, one thing I really didn't think about or expect, especially when I started transitioning, was worrying about what color I wore. 
And I know that sounds really strange, um, but for me, I could not wear purple. Um, if I wore purple, it would just bring out, I felt like, more of the feminine features. I could find the exact same shirt just in a blue or in a purple, and I could wear the blue and really kind of get away with it, if that makes sense. But I could not wear the purple. The purple would just highlight way too much of my the feminine features that were really prominent, especially in my face. Um, and so, like, for me... Purple was a no-go, which is a really big bummer because I actually really like to wear things that are purple. Um, and so it was really difficult trying to find the right clothes and the, and the things that were going to feel good and that I felt looked okay. Um, for me, it was really big that like I looked like a dude before I left the house. Like It didn't matter if, if Julia told me that I looked like a dude. It didn't matter if my friends told me that what I was wearing made me look like a dude. If I did not feel that I looked the way that I should, or if I fit, I didn't feel like I, I fit like the masculine mold, I would not go out. Um, and so it was really big for me to make sure I found the colors um, that looked masculine on me, for lack of a better way to put it. Um, so like I said, that wasn't something I really thought about. Um, I didn't really think about like what colors are gonna look good on me until I started to transition and I would put on clothes and it, I realized quite quickly that purple was just not gonna work um, and purple was something that I should probably try and avoid. Um, I don't know if like that's really common knowledge. I didn't. I don't remember like finding that anywhere. Not that I've really found a lot of information on how to pass well in public, um, but like colors for me was a really big one that I wasn't so sure about. The other thing that I I definitely didn't really think about was the manner in which I cut my hair. Um, you can't necessarily just cut your hair short and assume that because it's short, like it's a masculine look. Like there are plenty of short hairstyles that like are extremely feminine and bring out like feminine features. Um, and so for me, like finding a, a masculine short hairstyle was a little more difficult than I expected it to be. Um, cause I felt like a lot of the hairstyles that I went with when I first started cutting my hair pretty short, um, they still looked pretty f feminine and I didn't want to look like, I mean, I didn't want to look like as a lesbian. I wanted to look like a guy. Um, and so I really kind of struggled trying to find like, you know, do I dye my hair darker? Do I, do I try something different with my hair? Do I keep it a little bit longer? Do I do the, you know, short on the sides and keep it longer on the top? Um, and I feel like even like now that's like my hair and the way I style my hair is something that I'm still kind of working on and like trying to perfect. Um, but there's so many different ways to cut your hair short. Um, and they can be masculine, it can be feminine, it can be none of the above. Um, it's just a matter of like, for me, it was a little more difficult trying to find the right haircut that made me feel more masculine and not just, you know, like a, a girl that had short hair because that is like, it's still such a really common thing for like anyone to have short hair. Um, but I put a lot of like, a lot of stock and a lot of like hope in you know having short hair and allowing that to kind of carry me through um with like my gender and allowing that to help me pass um so that that's kind of what i have like for your hairstyle and like the clothes that you wear um the other thing is there are a ton of different ways to help enhance testosterone and lower estrogen in a natural state and before I was able to get on testosterone that is definitely something that I did quite frequently um, I actually went to GNC or vitamin world 
a lot um, and asked them for the, their testosterone boosters that had estrogen blockers in them. Um, those things do exist, like in in like the over the counter method. You don't have to have a prescription for them. They're not exactly cheap. I think they're like sixty to like eighty bucks a bottle, and that's only gonna last you about a month, maybe two. Um, but I was able to go to GNC and Vitamin World and find enough vitamins and enough like supplements that would help boost my testosterone and lower my estrogen um also the things that i ate um i know like avocado and red meats are obviously things that are going to help boost your testosterone there's a bunch of other foods i just can't think of them off the top of my head um and so i did a lot of research into like what foods were going to boost my testosterone and what foods i needed to avoid to make sure that they weren't going to boost my estrogen so i tried to avoid like soy um was a big one like if it had a lot of soy in it or any soy at all a lot of times i would try to avoid eating or drinking certain things that had a lot of soy because i didn't i didn't want to risk it continuing to boost my estrogen as i was taking testosterone i didn't want it to try and level me out um, I wanted it to just boost my testosterone. Um, one thing about going the natural route is it will work, but it is a very slow process. Um, it, it doesn't work obviously quite like HRT does where a couple months you already start to notice some pretty big changes, but it, it will work and it'll kind of hold for me. It like held me over in the time being before I was able to get my, um, HRT and get my testosterone and start my injections. Um, and so I think that's something that I, I think we, we all kind of think about it. Like, how do I, how do I continue to boost my testosterone or how do I continue to boost my estrogen from a natural standpoint? Um, not all of us are fortunate enough to go get HRT right the second or even like in the near future. Um, and that was the case for me for like a couple of years. Um, I've only been on testosterone for two years and I've been out for seven. So for a good five years of my life, um, my only way to take testosterone was to find it over the counter, to go to a GNC or to go to a vitamin world, um, and ask them like, Hey, do you have testosterone with an estrogen blocker in it? And I was pretty straightforward about it. Um, I'm not really shy when it comes to my transition. I'm a pretty open book about it, so I would be super honest with them. I understand not everyone is like that, so I'm hoping that just by telling you guys that that there are natural over-the-counter methods to do it. I personally took T-Bomb 3, I believe is what it was called. It was a blue bottle, and it had yellow writing, um, and I got it from Vitamin World or GNC. I think I got it from both of them. Um, so I, that's definitely something I would recommend. Um, as far as supplements go, that was really the extent of my supplements. Like, I've done protein powder, but that was more... I'm a tiny person, and I feel like no matter how hard I try, um, I can't seem to bulk up. Um, even when I would hit the gym hard, I actually just found myself getting skinnier um, as opposed to getting bigger. Um, so I would find like protein powders and stuff, but that was more of like a, I wanted my mass to gain. I wanted to get bigger in a mass muscle sense and not necessarily just like big all around. Um, so I like went looking for protein powders and different things to help me gain size because to me I felt like a lot of my masculinity like hinged on how big I was um and being a tinier person this really was a, a more difficult struggle for me personally um so those are some of the things that I did um I know things like working out will obviously increase your testosterone sex will increase your testosterone um uh, now I am talking very one-sided here and I completely understand that um 
boosting my estrogen was nowhere on my bucket list. It was nowhere in my realm of playing cards, but I do know that there are ways to help boost your estrogen and lower your testosterone. Um, I don't know the specific manners, but I know this is not an impossible thing. Um, I, I wish I had answers on how to do, um, how to do that, how to raise your estrogen, how to keep your tea pretty low. Um, but that wasn't my particular case, my particular circumstance. Um, so I am not as familiar or familiar really at all with ways to, to boost that estrogen and lower your testosterone. Now I do know that soy will help raise your estrogen because it was something that I tried to avoid. Um, but outside of that, um, I'm, I'm not as familiar or very familiar at all with ways to raise your estrogen and lower your testosterone. Um, now, I found all of my answers on Google. Um, I like would just Google like natural ways to boost testosterone, natural ways to lower estrogen, um, and that was a really big help. So if I was able to do it from the one-sided standpoint of testosterone, I'm pretty sure we could probably do it from a one-sided standpoint of estrogen. Um, I just personally have never looked them up. Um, I'm not, I, I'm not really sure on like the exact manners in which to do it, but it, I'm sure it's possible. Um, social situations and like the the ways I would go out in public and the places that I would actually choose to go out in public also helped I feel like helped me pass in public um as crazy as this might sound I tried to avoid the neighborhood in my area I actually tried to avoid the LGBT bars and clubs um I felt like in nine times out of ten I would go to a gay bar or a gay club and I would be hit on by gay men, and then I would start talking. Um, and my voice is not very masculine. My voice is really high-pitched, especially before hormones. Um, and I would go to gay bars and gay clubs, and I would be hit on by gay men, and then I would start talking. And they would become really upset with me um, and tell me that I fooled them, um, and that they thought I was a guy. Um, and when I would explain to them, well, I'm a, I'm, I'm transgender, like, I am a guy, they would be like, no, like, I thought you were a guy. And they would just kind of walk away. Um, and it made me feel really uncomfortable, especially because I felt like being in a gay bar or a gay club, I, I would have been more accepted, but that wasn't the case. Um, I also felt like I kind of teetered on that fine line of, am I just, you know, an overly masculine lesbian or am I a transgender individual? And I didn't like walking that fine line. Um, I didn't like the confusion I felt from other people. Um, I didn't like the stares that I would get. Like, you could kind of see this confusion on their face. Like, are you a lesbian? Do you, are, are you not? Um, and so I would avoid gay bars and gay clubs. Um, because I had Jewel, um, going into a straight bar or a straight club was a completely different situation. Um, there was the assumption that because I had short hair and was wearing guy clothes and with a girl, that obviously made me the guy and the boy in the relationship. So going to straight clubs and straight bars actually made me feel more comfortable. The other thing is, um, whenever we would go into like a gay bar or gay club, I felt like all the attention would always be on me. And if we go into a straight bar or a straight club, like most people don't pay attention to me. Most people pay attention to Julia and I was a-okay with that. Um, I didn't really want anyone's attention on me. I didn't really want anyone paying attention to me. I just wanted to be Julia's fancy accessory that tagged along. Um, and that was very much the case when I would go to like a straight club or a straight bar. Um, so as far as like social situations goes, like I would do my very best to put myself in more of like the straight category. Um, 
just because I felt more comfortable and felt as if Julia would kind of carry a lot of the weight in terms of making sure that we passed as a straight couple. Um, so I didn't have as big of fears when I went to like the straight clubs or the straight bars. Um, I'm sure um, if you are a trans guy, you've probably seen the YouTube video of um, being in a binder and constantly pulling on the front of like your shirt and i know you guys can't see me but like the the habit of pulling on the front of your shirt to make sure that like your binder is not showing or your sports bra is not showing or your ace bandages aren't showing um and i was definitely the king of that i feel like um i was one of those people that like, out of habit um even after top surgery just naturally would pull on the front of my shirt to make sure that like something wasn't showing um or i wasn't exposing too much and so going out in public, I always tried to wear a jacket over my shirt or I would double layer. Um, part of the reason I double layered is because I actually have asthma. And so binding was extremely like binding is extremely painful for anyone. But binding was a little more difficult, I feel like, um, because it would construct my breathing a lot of times. And I found that if I got myself into the binder, I never wanted to get out of it. A, it was an awful experience trying to get in and out of my binder um and I'm, anyone that's worn a binder i'm sure you get that like it's extremely difficult to get in and out of a binder sometimes and so i felt like once i got into my binder like it wasn't worth trying to get out of it and so i would wear my binder for like days at a time well over the 24-hour time period and that wasn't good for my ribs it wasn't good for my chest for my rib cage um definitely not good for my breathing and my asthma um, and so I want to make sure that, like, I take a moment to talk about binding for a second. Binding can be such a saving grace for a lot of us because it'll help hide um, and, like, lower and diminish some of the chest dysphoria that we have. Binding definitely did that for me, but binding can be really, really dangerous. So I want to make sure, like, I'm, I'm stating, like, if you use ace bandages, if you've used the duct tape method, which I've seen people do, um, if you are purposely buying binders that are too small hoping that it's just going to constrict your chest more like i'm going to raise the red flag right now like that's not good like for your health um it may make you feel better but if, if your binder leaves long-term marks if your binder leaves long-term bruises like that's really really unhealthy and i know it feels like the right thing to do in that time um, and I, and I know it probably helps with that chest dysphoria significantly than if you were to, to wear the right size binder or wear a binder, um, as opposed to the ACE bandages, but like for your health's sake, like it's not good. Um, it is, it's really not good to try and constrict, um, your chest beyond that standpoint. So I want to make sure I say like, there are binders that work in the right size. Um, I actually went to a, uh, a, uh, there was an app it's called aliexpress um, and everything on aliexpress ships from china so it takes a little bit longer for it to get here but i was able to find some of my best binders for really cheap from aliexpress um, they came in several different colors and they were all tri top so they didn't come all the way down um, one thing i hated i had a full length binder from underworks and i felt like it was always writing up it was always moving it was always shifting so i was constantly having to readjust my binder and that just further enhanced my chest dysphoria so when i was able to find these tri top binders that just looked like tank tops from aliexpress like i went absolutely crazy buying them up until I got my top surgery because this was the best best method that I found. The other thing that was really cool was they 
like zipped and attached and looped or whatever they became secure on the side so it wasn't a pullover so it wasn't like i was trying to like shrink my head or my body into this really tiny chest binder um it, i could put it on really easy over my head and attach everything from the side with the little loops and it made my life so much easier i felt so much more comfortable in it the material was a lot more breathable um so i would recommend like if you're unhappy with your binder there are other options. There's not only one brand of binder out there. I would do some research and just see like what else is out there. Like I said, I went to AliExpress. It's an app that I downloaded um, that you could just order a bunch of things from China. It does take forever to get here, um, but I was able to get my binders, I think for like maybe $5. I want to say it was like $5 a binder um, and nine times out of 10, it's free shipping. You just got to be a little patient and wait for them to get to you because it takes about a month for it to get to you. But it worked really well for me, um, and I had probably three or four of them. Um, I had like black and I had white. I think I had two blacks and a white, and I felt really good about them because even the straps on them just looked like I was wearing a tank top. So even if for whatever reason it did kind of poke through my shirt or you could see it, it just looked like I was wearing a tank top underneath it, um, and I felt really good about them. So that would be my suggestion. Um, but again, like make sure you're binding the right way please 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 make sure you're binding the right way because it's really dangerous and it's not good for your chest and your body if you are you know buying ones that are purposely too small or using the ace bandages or using the duct tape like it's just not it's really not good for you so i just want to throw that disclaimer out there because it like breaks my heart a little bit every time i see people that are doing it um and i just want to be like don't like, i get it but don't like it's just not it's really not good for you so that's all i'm gonna say about binding i'm gonna leave that one where it is so one of the biggest things that i remember post testosterone after starting testosterone um was i was no longer as concerned with um the fa my facial structure, if that kind of makes sense. Like there were lots of um, parts of my face that I felt like really defined my feminim femininity. It's kind of a tongue twister for me, I apologize. Um, and once I got on testosterone, that was one of the biggest adjustments that I saw was my face structure kind of changed, which allowed my world for clothing to really open up. Um, I am extremely, extremely fortunate to have what I've heard called passing privilege. Um, and actually I heard this term on a YouTube video from a transgender model. Um, and I heard it and I was like, oh my gosh, that is such a great way to put it. Um, I had zero passing privilege before I started hormones. Within the first three months of hormones, I was very fortunate to be able to get my top surgery. And I felt like that was a very big turning point for my ability to pass in public. Um, and it was very shortly after top surgery that I felt like this passing privilege of mine really kicked in. Um, my facial hair started growing, not quickly. Um, it's definitely been a slower process. But as far as my face structure goes, my jawline became really defined fairly quickly um my voice dropped at least a little bit um i'm actually kind of sick as i'm recording this so i'm sure it sounds a lot lower than it usually does i probably sound a little congested which is accurate i feel really congested um but my voice is actually i feel like the one part of everything that has not caught up to the rest of my transition 
um, as far as like my body structure goes, my muscle mass goes, my facial features go, the ability to at least start growing facial hair and have kind of like that five o'clock shadow look has really kicked in. Um, to the point that I am extremely fortunate to be able to pass in public from a masculine male standpoint. Um, I feel like it's really kind of easy. Um, I can wear like v-necks and things like that now without like panicking um, about like how it looks. I still don't wear purple as much as I would probably like to. I do feel like sometimes purple doesn't do me as well as I would like for it to. Um, but my world kind of opened up once once the hormones and the top surgery really started to take full effect. Um, hindsight being 2020, like I do and I don't wish I would have had more time on just hormones. Um, I only had like a two month gap between my hormones and my top surgery. I started hormones on August 1st. I got my top surgery on October 23rd. Um, so for me, like there wasn't a whole lot of time in between. So I don't have a lot of advice on what to do on just hormones when you still have um, the, a chest. Um, I, like I said, I was extremely fortunate that my, my hormones and my top surgery were just really kind of back to back. Um, so I don't have like a lot of this is what I needed to do for just have being on hormones um, before I was able to get top surgery. Now, that being said, my hormones, I feel like really took effect quite quickly. Um, and the more and more I look at other um, people who have transitioned that are on testosterone, um, and I look at how quickly their testosterone took effect, I feel like the first six months are really mind-blowing um, in terms of hearing the voice drop, um, seeing those first couple of hairs grow in, particularly your sideburns. I feel like my sideburns came in really quickly. Um, I feel like my jawline became really defined really quickly. Um, and then I feel like after that first six months, everything kind of mellowed out to a degree and just kind of hit this like, I don't really want to say like I peaked and then I stabilized. Um, I just feel like my first six months really were a dramatic change. And then it was more like a, a steady increase instead of being like just this giant change all of a sudden. Um, so as far as passing goes, post testosterone, my biggest, biggest struggle is with my voice. And I've had a lot of people tell me that that's crazy, but I think my voice just kind of hinges on this. Sometimes it sounds really feminine and sometimes it sounds kind of in between. Um, I personally don't think it sounds very masculine. Like when I hear myself, when I go back and re-listen to podcasts, like I don't think it comes across as very masculine. And it is very apparent when I go through a drive-thru or I have to make a phone call and call like insurance or call a job or something along those lines. I feel like um, it's been, I feel like it's been proven because when I call um, or I, I go through a drive-through, I get ma'am and I get her or she. Um, and nowadays it's really the only time that I, I'm ever misgendered is if you're only going off of my voice. So for me, hindsight being 2020, I wish I would have done voice lessons um, and I know this is something I can still do. Um, it's not like I've completely taken it off the table, but I do think that that is something to like think about. And I did that I personally didn't think about, especially in the beginning, was ways to figure out how to lower my voice um, and make it sound deeper and make it sound more masculine. Because for me personally, like as far as my passing privilege goes, like I exceed being able to pass in public. I am 
almost never misgendered. Um, and I, and to be completely transparent, like I am never misgendered. If you can see me, if you are looking at me, um, you see like how I look, I am not misgendered. If you are solely going off of my voice, I will be misgendered all day long. Um, and that's kind of how I'm basing this is like for me, like even post testosterone, post top surgery, like it is still possible and extremely possible to not pass. Um, in, in my particular case and in my particular situation, it has to do with my voice. Um, and I've had plenty of people in the transgender community tell me that that is absolutely crazy. Um, but I think it's also important to state that I think as transgender individuals, we look for every little cue to help us identify with someone or help us identify their gender. We're also really apt to ask people what your pronouns are. Like for us, that's a normal question for, you know, the rest of society. It's something they're definitely adjusting to and not quite used to yet. Um, but for us, like asking someone what their pronouns are is pretty, pretty standard for us. Like it's almost like we meet people and we're like, hi, my name is and my pronouns are and, and that's how we start most of our conversations. Um, but for a lot of society, that's not how they start conversations. And so when you hear my voice and that's all you hear or you're not paying attention to how I look and you're just like you're looking down or you're on the other end of the phone and you have no idea, you're, you are simply basing um, someone's gender off how they sound. And in my case, it is not masculine um, and it is the one area I feel like of my entire transition, my appearance of everything, that is like a dead giveaway that I wasn't born a male. Um, and it's extremely bothersome. Like I don't, I don't want to like undercut it. Um, I feel like I try and gloss over it because like I just don't like talking about it. Um, but I also want to like make sure that I, I'm pretty, pretty honest with all of you about like that like, it is still something that will happen. Um, being misgendered is unfortunate and it sucks and it should never happen. Um, it's one of those, like, I almost wish at times that I could walk around with a name badge, um, or that I could answer the phone and be like, no, my name is Caden and my pronouns are da 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 Um, but I, I don't like to offend people in any way, shape or form. And I don't assume that when I'm on the phone with someone, they're, they're misgendering me intentionally. Um, especially when I'm on the phone with someone or especially if I'm in the drive-thru. Um, I'm also not very good at correcting people. I don't know about the rest of you, but even before my transition, um, before I started HRT, before I got top surgery, correcting people was not on my high on my to-do list. Um, I, I worked in retail and I would have people come in all the time that would misgender me. And nine times out of ten, it is not intentional. Um, they're, they're going off of what they think they're going off of, you know, the societal status quo of what male looks like and what female looks like or sounds like. And so I, I really never assumed that someone was intentionally misgendering me unless I had explicit, explicitly told them like, Hey, my pronouns are him and he like, actually it's, it's him. Like actually it's, it's he. And then they, if they continue to get it wrong, like that's a different story. Um, but especially being in the retail world, there's just so many different people that come in, um, that you only interact with for like that one time, that one second. And I didn't always feel like I needed to correct them. Like I would just let it go and tell myself like, they just don't know, like they're not trying to be offensive. They just don't know. Um, 
and it wasn't like, you know, I feel like even with my name, um, with my name being Caden, like, it can really go either way. Um, I think it's pretty masculine, but, like, especially with the way that I spell it, I throw the Y in there, and I think for whatever reason, a lot of times that throws people off. Um, and I think sometimes, too, with how fast that I talk, um, and I've noticed how fast I talk the more I do these podcasts, but I think sometimes with how fast I talk, the N on the end of it doesn't always get thrown in there, um, and it's really people to go from Caden to Katie um, really quickly, and if they hear Katie instead of Caden, like, that's just going to ruin the entire experience, like, they're just, they're going with she and her from then on out, um, and this really became like pronounced for me in my life, um, in my past job, um, when I was doing work for a call center and all I was doing was talking to people on the phone. And I don't think I ever had someone on the phone with me refer to me under the right pronouns because they couldn't ever see my face. Um, and I would try and slow down and make sure I really enunciated my name as Caden. And I'd have people tell me all the time, like, oh, that's such a cool name. I've never heard it before. Da 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 da. Um, but if you can't, see me that that still doesn't help you know what my pronouns are and I felt really awkward um and uncomfortable correcting people with my pronouns now if it was going to be someone that I worked with on the regular if it was a, a new friend that I was meeting for the first time that was a different story um it was a lot easier for me to be like hey, it's him, it's he, and I'm going to be completely honest, like, if I was telling someone it's him and it's he, I was also explaining why I'm transgender, like, it's him, it's he, I'm a guy, like, I never told someone my pronouns are him and he and left out the I'm transgender part, for me, it was all one and the same, like, if I'm going to tell you what my pronouns are, I'm also going to explain to you that I'm transgender, and I don't think a lot of people do that, I think a lot of people are like, my pronouns are da 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 and leave it at that, I was not that way. Um, if I was telling you what my pronouns are, I was also explaining to you that I was transgender. Um, and so I never wanted to have that conversation with my customers, if that makes sense. Like in a work setting particularly, if I was only going to come into contact with someone for this moment, if I was going through the drive-thru and just ordering food, I wasn't correcting people on my pronouns. And I'm not saying that that was the right thing. I'm not saying that that was the wrong thing. I'm just saying that that's what I personally did. Um, and I'm sure that this has added, like, to my uncomfortability with my, or my discomfort. I don't even think uncomfortability is a word. Anyway, I think this added significantly to my discomfort with my voice and my knowledge um, of, of knowing that, like, I'm going to be misgendered in a drive through I'm going to be misgendered on the phone. And instead of correcting people, I just kind of, like, logic with myself, like, it is what it is like nothing I can do about it almost which isn't the case like I can totally work on lowering my voice I could totally get voice lessons to make my voice lower and really help myself pass um but forever even now like I I've just kind of like made this decision with myself that like it is what it is like I'm gonna go through a drive-thru and I'm probably not gonna get gendered correctly I'm gonna have to call someone on the phone and I'm probably not gonna get gendered correctly. And it's something that I've come to terms with. 
um, kind of, I don't really want to say made peace with myself because I am still like crossing my fingers and hoping my voice will continue to drop with testosterone. Um, as crazy as it sounds, I kind of like being like, I like being sick and congested to a degree because it does, I feel like make my voice a little bit lower. Um, now on the flip side, I feel like I'm yelling at everyone whenever I'm talking and Joel's like, you're not yelling at anyone. You're like, you're just really quiet because you can tell that you're sick. Um, when I feel like I'm having to like exert all of this effort to just get my voice out. Um, but like my voice in particular, like that's something I can I can work on, and there are things that anyone can do to help adjust your voice, either in a more masculine sense or a more feminine sense, or even like a neutral sense. Like there are ways to make your voice come out pretty neutral. Um, I feel like I feel like my voice is probably more in the neutral realm than a feminine realm, um, and I definitely don't think it falls on the masculine scale. Um, but like there are ways to help adjust the way you sound to help you feel more in line with your gender and the way that you want to be presented. Um, but one of the biggest reasons I wanted to make sure I talked about like my personal like still struggle, like something that I still struggle with with passing is because I don't think the passing struggle ends just because I got testosterone or just because I got top surgery. Um, and even like five to 10 years from now, I don't think my struggle with passing um, is going to end. Um, now that I have facial hair growing in, I don't like to cut it. I don't like to get rid of it. I don't like to shave. Um, I actually was scrolling through Instagram the other day and saw someone um, who has been on testosterone for, I think they said 10 years. And it's the first time in a really long time that they're clean shaven. And they're like, and they still feel really awkward about it because like for them, that is an identifying marker of their gender. Um, and I personally get that. Like, I personally feel like my facial hair is such an identifying marker for my gender. And even though I don't have long facial hair, even though it's just that five o'clock shadow that makes me feel good about life, like, I, I still think that as I continue to transition, as I continue to take testosterone um, and do other things that maybe make me feel more like I pass, uh, I think this, there's always going to be something that I struggle with. Um, at current, it, it is my voice. I think that this is something that I'm still going to have to continue to work on um, in order for my, me to feel comfortable with passing. And I want to say that again, like for me to feel comfortable with it, for me to feel like I pass and for me to feel like I fit into it and I fall in line with the gender that I am trying to fall in line with and believe that I am. Um, like, there are always going to be things that I personally am struggling with and trying to perfect. Um, and if you're a perfectionist when it comes to your trans transition, I think you're always going to have that struggle of how can I be more, more perfect with my gender? How can I make my voice more perfect? How can I make my chest more perfect? How do I go to the gym and make my body more perfect? How do I make my hair more perfect? How do I make my facial hair more perfect? How do I make my makeup more perfect if you're transitioning into more feminine? So I think that's really important because the transition in the passing standpoints, it, it doesn't end just because you got testosterone or estrogen. It doesn't end just because you got top surgery. It doesn't end just because you got bottom surgery. Like the the passing part of it will continue. And there's gonna hit you're gonna hit that point where your passing privilege kicks in and you have the luxury of going out in public and passing. But you're always going to, at least I they feel like I'm always gonna have these moments where I still struggle and look in the mirror and think, oh no, is this too feminine? Oh, oh no, did this sound too girly? 
Um, and I think that is something that I wasn't prepared for. Um, I was under this huge impression that testosterone and top surgery were just going to literally flip my world night and day into a, a huge degree it did. Top surgery, hormones, they really did flip my world night and day, but it didn't stop my struggle to pass. Um, it helped me pass. It helped me pass significantly more than I've ever been able to pass in my life. But my struggle with passing didn't end there. It didn't end with testosterone and top surgery. It's something that I'm still working on, still working towards. And I feel like personally, there are always going to be things that I go back and I'm like, okay, cool. My voice is maybe now a little bit more masculine, but now my body type isn't falling into the realm that I define as masculinity. You know, there's always going to be certain things like, oh no, like my hair doesn't fall in line with what I define as masculinity. Um, and I think that's really important because I think this kind of goes back to like, I don't think our transition ends once once we hit everything, right? Like tr you cross off the, the name change, you cross off the gender marker, you cross off HRT, you cross off top surgery, you cross off bottom surgery. And I don't think that's where your transition ends. Now, I have not changed my gender marker. I have not gotten bottom surgery, and I'm going to talk about those in other episodes, but I do not believe that my transition will end there, which means that I don't think my struggle to pass will end. I think my struggle to pass is going to be something that I carry with me. It's something that I'm constantly working on and working to improve and working to perfect. Um, and I think this kind of, for me, it, it goes back to not being born in the right gender and feeling like I'm going to, going to constantly have something to make up for. Um, and it's not necessarily a good feeling, but it's something that I feel like I've accepted and I have told myself that, you know, I wasn't born male, so I've got a lot of work to do to make up for it. And I think for me, that really leads into, I'm always going to struggle with some part of my passing. Um, even though I can go out in public and be referred to as male, I do believe that there's always going to be something in terms of passing that I am looking to perfect um, and looking to make better, more male, more masculine in any way, um, because I feel like I'm trying to make up for lost time. Um, I came out at 19, so I feel like I've got 19 years of work to make up for, um, 19 years of being a guy to make up for, um, and so I think that that may not be something that's very common. I may be the only person that thinks this and feels this. I, I hope not. That's going to make me feel a little bit crazy. Um, but I've also never heard someone talk about the fact that, you know, passing, I don't really think ends just because you got testosterone or your hormones. I don't really think passing ends just because you got your surgery. Um, I personally think that, like, this is something that I'm always going to be working towards in trying to perfect. Um, so... That, that's how I feel about, you know, my current stages of passing. Um, this was a really long episode, guys. I didn't realize this was going to be the song. I'm going to be completely honest with y'all. I didn't think this was going to take this much time, but I, I wanted to make sure I really talked about passing. I've had a lot of people message and reach out in terms of passing, like what, what I've done, things that I try and do to, that really help me with passing. Um, and these are really the keys that I'm going to kind of go back over them. Just kind of want to make sure um, I restate like what I mentioned in the beginning, looking for those natural ways to boost your hormones. There are natural ways to boost estrogen, natural ways to boost testosterone, and natural ways to lower each as well. Google, for me personally, was, a be was my best friend. Um, if you have a doctor that you go to and you just can't start hormones yet, ask them. Like if you have a nutritionist, ask them. 
um, because they're going to give you a list of like foods and workouts and different things that you can do to help you enhance the areas that you're looking to enhance to help you feel more in line with your gender. Um, so that would be my biggest suggestion. Use Google, use medical resources, because um, there's plenty of things you can do naturally as I get a phone call, but there are plenty of things that you can do naturally to help increase your hormone level, the hormone that you're looking to increase, whether it's testosterone, whether it's estrogen, um, in the clothing that you wear, making sure that you feel comfortable in the clothing that you're in, I think is extremely important. Um, and one of the things that I was completely mind blown by and wasn't expecting is the colors. Um, so that would be another thing that I would just think about. Um, it doesn't have to be purple for you like it is for me. Like I said, for me, it's purple. Like even today, I try and avoid purple. And I think at this point, it's more of just this mental block. I've already told myself I don't I do not do purple because it makes me too girly. Um, and so I think it's something just to think about. Like there may be certain colors that you need to avoid. There may be certain styles that you need to avoid. I avoided v-necks, um, not something that I was about to do. It made me feel too feminine, even if it was the boys v-neck. Like, it made me feel too feminine. I avoided them. I still avoid them. And I'm two months or two years after top surgery, and I still avoid v-necks. Like, I just don't feel masculine in them. Um, and I think that's also key to state. Like, if you don't feel in line with your gender, with what you're wearing, switch it. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with trying five different styles of t-shirts, 50 different styles of pants to make you feel more comfortable and more in line with your gender. And so, like, give it a shot. Go into um, a, a store and try on every different style and just see what you look like and see how comfortable you feel. And I would say the same thing with sizes. Some people prefer to wear the bigger sizes. I preferred to wear a standard size and put a hoodie over the top or put a zip-up hoodie over the top because that made me feel more comfortable. Um, and then the last thing that I really want to reiterate, and that's just because I feel like I'm a very big proponent for this, is the way that you bind. Please, please, please make sure that you are binding in a safe manner especially if you are like me and you have chest issues or asthma please make sure that you're binding in the correct manner because it can be super dangerous and it like breaks my heart anytime i'm scrolling through instagram and see pictures of like bruises because you bound like people were binding too much or too hard or wearing the wrong thing intentionally um so i would really make sure like you're just binding in the correct manner. Um, again, the app that I used to help me find the right binder was AliExpress. It was really cheap. If you're patient and willing to wait the month for the binder to get there, it works wonders. The one thing I will disclaim is because um, I got it from a site that ships from China, A, it's going to take a little longer. B, the sizing chart is not necessarily the same as it is here in America. So make sure that you're checking the sizes on the sizing chart if you're going to use AliExpress or really any um, binder website because the sizing may be different. So just make sure you're double checking the sizing chart and make sure you're getting the right size that's going to like fit for you and your chest. So that's what I got for all of you today. I wanted to make sure I really spent time talking about passing because for some of this, this could be a life or death thing. 
if, if you're anything like me, going out in public very much hinged on my ability to pass. And if I did not think I was passing when I looked in that mirror, I was not going out in public. Uh, and so I would give some of these a shot. Let me know if they work for you. Let me know if you have other ideas. I would love to know what other methods there are out there for passing. Um, I'm going to write the blog article on this probably in a couple of weeks. I want to give everyone some time to listen to it um, as well as message me and send me more of your personal recommendations or ideas on how to pass because I think this is a really big topic. Um, I do think that it's really important. Not everyone has the ability to medically transition. Not everyone has the finances for it. So if we can all kind of get together and discuss the ways that helped us pass, pre-medical transition, I think we are going to change a lot of lives and help a lot of people out. Um, I think that there's a lot of methods in terms of passing pre-medical transition that are also extremely helpful for people who aren't in a safe situation to, um, you know, to medically transition or to wear or do certain things. So if you have any suggestions, please, like, this is the one episode that I'm like, I would love, love, love to hear all of your recommendations, all of your comments, because I do think that this is an extremely important thing to talk about. Um, and there's, there's not like a passing.com or a how do I pass in public to be more masculine? How do I pass in public to be more feminine? Like you can't type that into Google. It's not going to work. So the only way that we're really going to get this information out and be able to help out each other is if we communicate on either a platform like this or through your own personal Instagram or through your own personal blog. So, um, I, I really strongly, highly recommend that all of you, um, if you have any suggestions, either post it on the Transitioning Through Life Instagram. Um, you can send us a DM on there. You can email us on the blog. Um, so let us know. Uh, I would love to hear all of your suggestions and recommendations as well. So that's what I have for all of you. I hope you're having a wonderful week, guys. It is Thursday here as I'm recording this. So it's been a lot longer. I think this is my longest podcast yet. This is pretty amazing. They're getting longer. I hope you guys enjoy that. So anyway, that's what I have for all of you. My cat is officially losing her mind as she runs around the room. So I'm going to let you all go, but I will talk to you all probably next week. I'm going to try and get better at recording weekly. So have a wonderful week, guys. On behalf of the Transitioning Through Life team, we are so grateful that you're here. We hope this podcast is full of all the love guidance, and support you are looking for. Make sure to subscribe and give us a review. Reviews really help us to grow and get our message out to more people, which in turn helps us get more great content out to you all. Also, I'm excited to announce that we have finally launched the first round of frequently asked questions regarding transitioning and the impacts being transgender can have. Head on over to transitionthroughlife.com to check them out. Okay, beautiful people, I've got to get real with you for a second. We are not mental health professionals, nor are we educational or medical experts. We are transgender individuals who understand that there is no one way or right way to transition. In sharing our stories and the tools that worked for us, we hope to encourage all of you to find what works best for you and to know that you are worthy of love and acceptance.